The download is complete. Welcome to the AV Podcast, presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Welcome to the hardware edition of the AV Podcast Christmas 2006. In this episode, we have the latest AV news. Jason discusses direct TV via the internet. We have an exclusive interview with Danny Dyer, star of Severance, which is due on DVD next month. And we travel all the way to Guildford for an AV Forum's exclusive HD DVD event hosted by Microsoft. This week's, this week's Audio Visual News. Sony worry about falling LCD prices, flat screen for the Queen, a new high-tech EQ solution to improve sound, HD TV plans for the Beeb, and poll results are bad news for HD DVD and Blu-ray backers. We start this week's news with several stories surrounding LCD technology, from the good to the bad and the royal. First up is Sony's claim that the continued falling consumer prices for LCD flat panel TVs is damaging the home electronics business as a whole. Sony, which has invested heavily in the market alongside Samsung, has seen the prices of its screens plummet in the last 12 months by at least 30%. Sony US President Stan Glasgow said that the prices crash could make it difficult for brands like Sony to invest in new technologies in coming years. However, Mr Glasgow didn't mention the huge sums Sony has already lost with the ailing Blu-ray format, the laptop battery fiasco, or that the PS3 is rumoured to have cost them over $500 million so far. So it's good news if you're in the market for a new screen, and yet there will be no festive cheer for Sony as it continues to see the money in the LCD market dwindle. According to Sony, the value is falling out of the LCD market, yet in Japan and other countries it looks like several manufacturers are actually fixing the price of their flat panels. Several anti-monopoly groups in the US, Europe, Japan and Korea are investigating several claims that flat panel companies have set up price-fixing cartels where they can control the prices of LCD screens. It's claimed that up to 10 Japanese, Korean and Taiwanese vendors have been secretly agreeing production volumes to affect prices. It's strange that such claims have come about when the likes of Sony are claiming that they have to slice the margins to the bone to remain competitive. It's unclear when the results of this investigation will be published, but we'll let you know as soon as we hear the news. It's not all doom and gloom this month though for LCD panels. Well, not if you're South Korean giant Samsung. The AV podcast has learnt that none other than the Queen has ordered a whole host of flat panels to be used in the palace. Samsung have confirmed that it's received notification from Buckingham Palace by royal request to supply 100 LCD and plasma screens for delivery and installation in January. If the Queen approves the high-definition screens ranging from 32 all the way up to 63 inches and holds on to them for five or more years, Samsung will be allowed to use the royal seal of approval on all of its products. So, any ISF calibrators fancy doing the palace? In the world of home cinema and hi-fi, you can spend hundreds of thousands of pounds on audio equipment to bring the sound, whether CD or DVD, to life. Many strive for cinematic sounds that rival the best auditoriums and dubbing theatres in the world. But how many people actually consider the rooms in which they place their hi-fi or home cinemas? 
It's a well-known fact that your listening room and its surroundings can affect the overall sound quality produced by your loudspeakers. There are various methods which can be employed to achieve the best results. However, these usually involve using blocks of absorbent materials stuck to the ceiling and walls. And if this happens to be your living room, how long will it be before the divorce papers drop through the letterbox? The other option is the use of sound equalisation, referred to as EQ. And many manufacturers such as Velodyne, Denon and Meridian sell kit containing devices which use tweaking of the EQ to help with the problems. But there's now an all-new way of controlling your sound, and it's available from Audacy. Some of the most knowledgeable experts and researchers in the world of audio, including Tomlinson Holman, inventor and namesake of THX, have been funded by the US National Science Foundation to create technology to remove the negative effects of room acoustics that degrade sound from all audio systems. After five years of dedicated research, the team developed a solution that should change the way listeners enjoy sound in their homes. It's called the Audacy Multi-EQ. Multi-EQ is the first technology to properly measure sound information throughout your listening area and then combine this information to accurately represent the acoustical problems in the room. Based on these measurements, Multi-EQ calculates an equalisation solution that corrects for both time and frequency response problems in every seat. The unit also allows multiple zones using its eight channels so that you can correct a 5.1 system in one room and your two-channel hi-fi in another. Multi-EQ Pro contains the latest low-frequency calibration methods which feature a frequency response and phase alignment tool to avoid the potential phase problems in the blend between the subwoofer and the satellites. It also uses a very high-resolution room corrector filter for the subwoofer channel. It also allows various room curve options, so you can tailor the sound to the material you're watching. The unit comes complete with an installer's kit, which has microphones, cables, software and a mic preamp, allowing proper, real-time, in-room calibration. It's available now and priced at approximately £2,500. The BBC has confirmed this week that it will be continuing its HD TV trials into the new year and has released some details of the programmes heading our way in 1080i. In January, you can expect to see drama highlights from Lilies, After You've Gone, Judge John Deed, Party Animals, MI High and Rough Diamonds plus football action from the FA Cup. And in February, there will be more drama in the shape of Hotel Babylon Series 2 and Nuclear Secrets and even more sport, including the Six Nations Rugby and the Euro Qualifiers, including all the England games live. In a recent poll on AV forums, we asked, what will be your first HD disc playback device? So far, there have been over a thousand replies, 13% of which said that they'd already bought an HD DVD add-on player for their Xbox 360. 18% claimed that they were going to purchase the same add-on in the future. But what really surprised us at this juncture was the lack of support for the standalone players. 7% of owners own an HD DVD player, with 9% intending to buy one soon. Under 1% of those polled owned Blu-ray players, and under 2% say they're about to buy one. As a forum site for the early adopter market, these figures are not encouraging for either high-definition formats. But what will really have the HD backers spitting out their tea is that a whopping 35% of those polled said they had no plans to buy any HD disc playback device at this moment in time. Looks like the format war is putting the enthusiasts off buying the technology, never mind the general public. For 
Daily AV Chat. AV Chat. Log in to avforums.com. They might be very nice people. The world's longest lasting batteries from Energizer. Energizer Ultimate Lithium take up to 630 photos in digital cameras, compared to just 90 with ordinary alkaline batteries. Perfect for MP3 players. Ultimate Lithium lasts up to five and a half hours longer and are ideal for when you're on the move. Chances are you're going to need batteries again this Christmas. Choose Energizer Ultimate Lithium. Energizer. It's what's inside that counts. Brought to you by AV Forums and AVPlay.com. This is the AV Podcast. The AV Podcast Interview of the Week with Phil Hinton. For a very special interview for the AV Podcast, we have Danny Dyer, star of Severance, and the DVD is due out on the 8th of January. Hello, Danny. Hello, Neil, son. How are you? Okay. Yeah, I'm not too bad. I understand we've got about 10 minutes, so I'm going to crack on with the first question. Yeah, crack on, on. The film's had a successful theatrical run. Can you just tell us a little bit about the movie, for those who haven't seen it? Okay, the movie's about um, a group of people that work for a weapons company who decide to go on a team-building exercise to um, Romania, and uh, they go to the wrong lodge. They're meant to be standing in a lodge in the middle of a forest, they go to the wrong lodge. Well, actually, uh, we end up in a lodge that um, these uh, crazy terrorists are living in, and they basically, uh, you know, kill us one by one, horrifically. Um, and that's about it, really. But it's very funny. It's done in a funny way as well. So it's funny, and it's also very gory, which I think is quite a hard thing to get right. So what attracted you to the role, then? I love the script. I love the character, you know. I was quite surprised that my character, when I started reading it, would be the one who would sort of last longer than everybody else. I don't want to give too much away, but, you know, I like the fact that um, it wasn't like normal horror films where, you know, the black guy dies first, you know, the one that sort of sees uh, the enemies before everybody else, um, you know, he's got to die. You know, it's, it's quite interesting, you know, the fact that the characters are not plastic. You know, you actually start to invest in them and you start to care about them. And then you kill them. I think that's a clever thing about the film. It's good to see homegrown talent make successful movies. So, are you pleased with the response you've had so far to the film? Well, I've got to say, I don't, you know, I, I, theatrically, I don't think it did as well as we wanted it to do, to be honest with you. Because, you know, I mean, we made the movie for four million, and uh, and it earned one point eight, which is a, which 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 is a bit of a gutter, really. You know, I, I think that my the, my fans and people that love my films, they're not really cinema goers. I think they're more DVD. I don't think many people go to the cinema now unless, you know, Samuel L. Jackson's in it for Snakes on a Plane or, you know, they look for names now instead of quality. And I thought that Severance was probably the best movie I've made to date and I thought it was just going to fly. It didn't it didn't work out that way, you know. It's, it's considered a success, but, you know, we, we thought it really was going to fly, but it didn't. But everyone that I know that's seen it loved it. You know, I've, I've had nothing but good reaction. It's just that not enough people went to the cinema, simple as. I, w- I went to the theatre to see it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But what's what's your views on certain critics who've turned around and said it was this year's Shaun of the Dead? Did that maybe damage the film, or, or do you think that worked in its favour? It's just a tagline, really, to get people in the cinema. But I think the danger of that is, is that Shaun of the Dead was you know, so genius... But it's not really a horror film. It's a comedy. It's, you, you constantly feel safe throughout the movie. Whereas Severance is that you sort of start off safe and it's funny and then it, and it really takes its turn. And it gets really, really dark. You know, that's the difference between the two films, I think. So, 
don't know. I just think that it's just, again, it's just people don't really go to the cinema now. You know, it's just you can get pirates for a fiver off anyone you want, and it's it's just not the done thing. It's very expensive now going to the cinema, and it's and people just rather watch it in pods. I think right? that's the bottom line, unless it's Lord of the Rings or it's you know Pirates of the Caribbean or you know them big big numbers. I don't think they'll go. You must love film being being in the film industry. So you, do you have a, a large DVD collection? Not really. I do like movies and films, but uh, not, I wouldn't say I was a film buff at all, really. I'm more of a, a lovely bit of Xbox in that, you know. I'm quite into the Xbox. And, but, uh, no, not really a film buff. If Davy podcast listeners are usually sort of serious home cinema buffs with a real passion for movies and, and gaming and so on. So do you have your own home cinema system at home? I have what I put an Xbox. <laughs> so that's it. It's the Xbox and nothing else. Xbox 360, yeah. Keeps you out of trouble, you know. I love them. So the DVD's out on the 8th of January. Uh, why should people add this disc to their collections? I think they should add it to their collection because I think the people that don't know about it and haven't seen it will be so pleasantly surprised. I promise anybody out there that it's a special film. It's British as well. It's British. Fuck the Americans. Get some British films on your shelf. You know what I mean? It's proper, it's funny, it's scary, it gives you everything you want, it's very entertaining. You know, so I would say, you know, treat yourself, surprise yourself. Look like the extras are great, you've got the making of it, you've got the outtakes on it, you've got scenes that would have been in the film. Not just because I'm in it either. Although I am brilliant in it, I must say. <laughs> so what's coming up for you in terms of acting in the next year then? I've got a movie coming out in uh, February called uh, The All Together with Martin Freeman, which is like a comedy. And then in March, I've got a movie coming out, with, which I did with Nick Love, which I'm now four films in with, called The Outlaw, with Sean Bean and Bob Hoskins. And then in April, I've got a movie coming out, which I did with Gillian Anderson, called Straight Heads. So for the first four or five months of the year, it's going to be chaos for me, but very, very good films. And what you try to do as an actor is you try to better the last film you did. And I think that with the next two I've got coming out, the next three, I'm hoping they're better. They're better performances that just better films and a little bit different maybe but only time will tell you know well we wish you all the success in the world with the dvd when it's released on the 8th of january and a very merry christmas and happy new year to you danny thanks for joining us on the podcast cheers miles and merry christmas to you as well, as well yeah thank you very much do that man join the discussion at europe's largest home cinema website log in to avforums.com jason bradbury as regular listeners to the AV Podcast will know, each week I give you a behind the scenes. It's, it's normally from The Gadget Show, but obviously The Gadget Show is not on at the moment. We're preparing for a new series, which is coming out in, uh, I think it's sort of March, February or March of 2007. I'll confirm that in the next podcast. But um, it doesn't stop me uh, doing my, my various bits of gadget journalism. I was on the Warwicker programme on Sunday Just Gone and had to prepare something with a kind of New Year's flavour to it. And what I chose to talk about was the possibilities that now exist of getting television via an alternative means, i.e. via online, basically. Uh, so you don't use an aerial socket, a cable or a satellite, but just simply log onto a server somewhere. And I was actually amazed at what I found. Now, a lot of this won't be news to uh, most people that are regulars to the uh, AV forums, and most of it wasn't news to me. But when you collate it all, you get the feeling that actually a movement that many of us uh, have predicted as the only logical way for movie and TV content to go in the future is actually 
kind of already with us. It started when I checked in at Direct to Drive, the people who for a few years now have been supplying video games directly to your hard drive via download. Uh, and I discovered that they're also doing uh, movies and TV shows. Now, they may well have been doing this for quite a while, but they certainly haven't been doing The Prisoner Series 2 for quite some time because that's hot off the presses. They're also doing Series 5 of 24 and loads of other really hardcore American TV shows. Um, so I actually downloaded Prisoner Series 2. And, and here's the thing. I would wager that, like me, a lot of people who have tampered or had a look at, on, obviously on other people's computers, uh, pirated versions of shows like Lost and so on, I would wager that those people that um, grab these pirated versions in the first place would actually be happy to pay for them if they were able to get hold of them. And that the real motivation behind a lot of piracy is not getting something for free, if it's a fair price, I think most adults who work for a living are happy to pay it. It's the fact that they, they don't like having to wait for six months, a year, even longer, to get an American TV show uh, and wait for it to come to the UK. So I think something like Direct to Drive bodes really well for the, the future of, uh, of TV and movie broadcast. Other services that I included in my piece for Radio 5 Live were Discovery Broadband. I think it's discoverybroadband.co.uk, but you can Google it. Uh, they've got whole loads of content on there, like Mythbusters and so on, the entire series. All very, very competitively priced. I mean, usually it's between 99p and £1.99 per episode, uh, or you pay a discounted price for an entire series. The BBC's Imp Player, which I had a play with, is another fantastic facility, not just providing uh, premium content, but also the ability to, quote, rewind, end quote, content. An experience that um, those who've got Telewest's TV Drive will be very familiar with. And, of course, all available online. And uh, 4OD, again, I first exp experienced Channel 4's on-demand service via my Telewest box, uh, but it's now up and working fully online. And that, again, is a premium content pay-to-view service that allows you to watch all kinds of uh, you know, seriously good Channel 4 and American content. Doubtless many of you will have uh, more sites that you could add to my, uh, my, my quite short list, but what I found surprising is that the future of TV and movie delivery that I've uh, talked about so many times in various sem seminars is actually a lot closer than I thought. And I worked out just from the content that I saw that there was probably about two weeks solid viewing of high quality content already available online. And that can't be a bad thing. For up to the minute AV discussion and hardware reviews, visit avforums.com. The AV Podcast Special Feature. Wednesday the 20th of December saw an insider's guide to HD DVD for forum members, which consisted of two sessions with Amir Majamer and Kevin Collins from Microsoft. The event was hosted by PJ Hi-Fi in Guildford and was open to AV forum members so they could witness HD DVD in one of the country's best demo rooms and also have the full story behind how Microsoft came to support HD DVD and develop the new VC1 codec for compressing HD content. Before the sessions, I spoke to Managing Director of PJ Hi-Fi, Elliot Hicks, and asked him if he was feeling excited about the event. Absolutely. It's been in the planning for some time now, and um, we were very keen to get the guys over from the States. They've been doing a great job out there, and um, just really show what the format can do to us, uh, us punters here in the UK. And what are you hoping uh, to achieve from today's, today's event, then? Well, I'd like big things from the format. I think it's got an awful lot of potential, and so far, from what I've seen with Blu-ray... Um, 
in my opinion, it, it's shaping up to be a much better format. So from my point of view, it was uh, a good occasion for people to come and see us, the room, and what we can offer. And um, great things for Toshiba in the future. I've got to congratulate on your room. This is the second time I've been down here to your demo room. I regard it as one of the best in the UK, to be honest with you. Um, just for those people who have never been here, um, can you just describe what's actually in the room and what's being used for the demonstration today? Sure, yeah. I mean, our, our main demo room here physically that you sit in is 9 by 5 metres, um, although physically it is actually larger than that if you could see the construction. Um, we use a Stuart Studio Tech 130 MicroPerf screen, um, behind which we have three Genelec 1037 speakers and two of the HTS-4B subwoofers. We then use four of the Genelec in-walls, the AIW-26s, um, which are then fed from an Arcam AV9 processor, which today we're feeding with, obviously, the Toshiba HD DVD. And then that all feeds through a Lumigen HDP Pro scaler and onto the Sony, Sony Qualia 004 projector. Um, and that's our, our reference system that's in here. So it was into the demo room for the session with Amir and Kevin. Because most of the information was sensitive within the sessions, we couldn't record the actual event. But I caught up with Amir and Kevin after the last session to tell us what had been said. Sure, what I talk about is really history of, you know, why we ha we're here, what's the format war about, you know, what were the motivations behind some of the choices. For example, why do we have three video compression in, in both Blu-ray and HD-DVD? So interesting history behind it. But more importantly, you know, we show the full capabilities of the product from interactivity to great audio-video uh, performance, and that's what we hear at, you know, PJ Hi-Fi, you know, with really high-end equipment showing what the format can do. And it's very interesting hearing a lot of the politics. I don't know if you want to go into that here or now or not, but um, it, it was very interesting to hear the development side from, from the Blu-ray Blu and HD uh, DVDs perspectives. Sure. Uh, you know, what people don't know is that every company involved in these formats is here because of business reason. And those business motivations, you know, make them decide, you know, on certain issues, certain way and, and, and drives the whole, you know, format adoption. And many times these are behind the closed door. So, you know, average person doesn't know about them, but it makes for interesting folklore behind the format and how they came about. And obviously we've gotten a little bit of background information today, which has obviously enlightened quite a few of us as to the format. Kevin, you come across as a real enthusiast as well, and um, you did that with great gusto today, going through the uh, the menus and so on. Do, do you just want to explain for our listeners what it was you actually demonstrated for us? Sure. What we were talking about in terms of interactivity really highlights a lot of the unique features that are only on HD DVD. Uh, some of the things we talked about outside of uh, high-definition video is that every HD DVD player has the capability out of the box of uh, playing back high-resolution audio and interactivity, and it's only with HD DVD that uh, the player can decode uh, Adobe True HD and Adobe Digital Plus inside the player, so you don't need to buy additional uh, AVR or pre-pro to process that sound. Also, being able to do that in the player allows uh, interactive features such as picture-in-picture -picture that we were demonstrating today to, to be available. And some of the unique things that are only on HD DVD uh, where they're guaranteed on every player, they're not an optional uh, accessory, they're mandatory, is a secondary video decoder to play back the picture-in-picture -picture like we were showing on Tokyo Drift and Miami Vice uh, today, and also uh, memory that's in the player and networking and what we show today was you know the ability on uh, almost all the HD DVD players hit the B button on the remote control and save your favorite scene so you can go back in and then we talked about how networking plays into that on some future titles on uh, potentially the ability of 
me saving all my bookmarks and copying them up from my Toshiba player up to a universal server and then having another uh, enthusiast copy down and see the, my favorite scenes on that. Or the ability to bring down new high-def trailers so that unlike DVD where you watch the same trailer over and over again, you can get a new high-def uh, trailer that will start before the movie comes up and it can constantly swap that out. And that's all available and the studios are authoring to that uh, because it's it's available. And if you just look at the content that's available out uh, on there, it's only HD DVD that has picture-in-picture -picture titles, only HD DVD has the, the bookmarking, and only HD DVD, even on studios that do both sides, has things like Dolby Digital Plus and Dolby True HD. So a lot of the you know, the, the the fact is is that content authors are really authoring to the lowest common denominator when they they do these titles and they're taking advantage of the core features that are on HD DVD and it's showing on what the titles are shipping in the in the format today and that's what we uh, really highlighted. We showed some uh, a variety of different content and the picture quality that's associated all the way from Casablanca and the the crisp picture that was associated with that with VC1 all the way up to uh, Miami Vice where you had really crisp clear scenes to where Michael Mann added in video grain on the HD camera. You're obviously a big enthusiast at heart. Why have you gone behind HD DVD then? Why why is the format so appealing to you? Well, being working in the uh, DVD forum for over the last two years and helping write the uh, HD DVD video specification. Uh, originally I was uh, you know really an enthusiast just about the audio and video and one of the big things that I, I particularly like about this is that unlike DVD when the titles first came out I had to buy a new AVR to get to play back Dolby Digital. Now with the uh, HD DVD players that are on the market I can use my existing equipment. I have an Anthem D2 that's using HDMI version 1.1 to uh, decode the Dolby True HD. I don't have to buy any additional equipment for that. Or if I had an older AVR that had analog outputs, I could get the high-resolution audio that way. Um, I am also became a fan of the interactivity where I'd watch a movie once, and then like on Batman Begins, I turned on the in-movie experience and you know, automatically found out that you know, it was filmed in Greenland where they did the big pan shots of the mountains and everything. All these features I never saw before. In DVD, the only thing I ever did if, with interactivity was follow the white rabbit on the Matrix. And now there's a, a whole new uh, variety of entertainment that's available. And those, I think, are really key things that the studios even came across with. In order to uh, have consumers embrace this new format, there needs to be more than just high-definition video. And that's what the studios really uh, required in the, in the DVD forum which was unique to HD DVD was you know high resolution audio which sounds great as we heard in here and this whole new level of in-band in-movie viewing experience where the user is totally in control of what features they do or don't want to see like we showed here you know I can turn the GPS map on I can see the cast bios I get insurance quotes uh, still pictures behind the scene making of the video all at my choosing and all how I want to do it and how I totally interact. So it's a whole new level of entertainment that really makes it compelling and really worth the money. The other thing that really attracted me, though, to the format is the price point. It, you know, at least in the United States, uh, it, HD DVD player is half the price of the cheapest uh, Blu-ray player. So, you, you know, with that in the United States, you can buy an HD DVD player and walk away with 25 HD DVD discs before I even bought a player on the uh, the other format. So a lot of compelling reasons there. I mean, if I can just come back to you, 
um, both of you have travelled a very long way to be here. I understand this is the eighth city uh, in which you've given this. Um, so what was the reasons for coming over to London and, and the UK in general? And what did you hope to gain from doing that? And have you, have you reached your objectives? Sure. Uh, you know, some of you have seen me on, on various forums know that I'm very intra- uh, very active in, in the community, uh, mainly because I want to learn from the community what works, you know, what doesn't work. The format currently is for enthusiasts. They're the ones that are going to vote with their feet and, and, and wallet. And it's super important for us to know, you know, how people, you know, view this new technology. One way to do that is do it by, you know, written words on a forum like AV forums. But the better way is to just see the people and, and be able to interact with them and get, you know, questions quickly answered and, and learn from them. The timing for Europe is perfect because Toshiba just launched their player here a couple of days ago, and we're here to really demonstrate the full capability. So as people go out there and, and, and buy the product, you know, they can have a better feel for what to expect. At the same time, I was impressed that many people had already bought the U.S. version of the player just the same. Um, so that was also nice to see the strong support for HDVD. And yes, it more than met my expectations. Um, I'd uh, actually gone to school in England, uh, in, in Brighton Beach area. So for me, this is sort of feels a little bit like home coming here. So uh, from that point of view, it's nice, familiar territory. But at the same time, you know how you look at the content, what what you like, and and, and you know this part of the world is different enough that we want to learn and, and interact with the people here. And I take it the people were very kind to you. Today. There was no under underhand tactics used. There was no questions that were very difficult to answer. But you said right at the start, if anybody had anything difficult to say, you, you, you were more than willing to answer it, wasn't you? Absolutely. You know, we want these forums to be very, very open. I, I am very open even on, on uh, you know, public internet, but here even more so because, you know, we're in closed room area and, and, and I give the people the opportunity to ask any questions, anything. And uh, I don't think there was a question that was asked that I said no to. So, uh, and that's the nice thing is that people, you know, get to ask whatever they're curious about, either about HDVD or the competing format, the politics, the technology, or just AV in general, as you know, Notice both Kevin and I, you know, love this technology, and my background is electrical engineering. So, and I've worked for broadcast companies. So, there isn't a piece of technology here that we don't understand from A to Z. So, and it's fun to talk about it. So, it's not that we're, we're experts at it, but we'd love to uh, talk about all the issues involved and, and the capabilities of the products. Guys, it's been absolutely fascinating. I've sat through both uh, both demonstrations and, and talks today, and uh, been thoroughly enthralled each time. So, thank you very much for joining us on Navy Podcast. Thank you very much. It's our pleasure. Thank you for sponsoring this event and, and coming along today. Thank you, and hope all your viewers can get all the great, uh, bring in all the great HDVD titles that are shipping in the United States. And uh, just one, th- one last thing. Have a Merry Christmas. Uh, same same to, you. to you. Happy holidays. So what had the AV Forum's members taken from the event? I mingled amongst the food and drink and caught up with a few who had plenty to say on the matter of HDDVD. So I'm with Forum member um, A&H64. Ian, you've just come out of that demonstration. I've, I've seen you having a, a long conversation with that Amir there. Uh, what's your initial thoughts then? I, 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 the jury's out for me, you know, with regarding you know high definition DVD or Blu-ray. I don't particularly care which one wins or if anyone wins. After what I've seen today, hearing the politics from the Microsoft side of things, then you know, I, I guess that's what side I prefer at the moment. But as far as I'm concerned, you know, I, I'm looking for a long-term view, and uh, for me, it's all too early to commit to one one form or the other. I even seeing what I've seen today, I don't think the benefits are there to be an early adopter for me. Even though you've you've been demonstrated on thousands of pounds worth of equipment, there, it's still not quite good enough for you. Is that right? Um, well, I've got thousands of pounds worth of equipment at home, and standard definition on that is good enough for me at the moment. But um, 
you know, it's diminishing cost of returns when it becomes, um, you know, the, the, the large commitment is there within the, the media that you buy, not in the hardware. And um, for me to commit to um, £15 a disc or whatever it costs per disc, you know, I, I want to know it's got a long-term use. And um, I, I don't think I'll commit until until that's gone. You know, what, what I will commit to is maybe buying... Um, a combo disc with standard definition, high definition on there. You know, I don't mind paying a few extra quid there just to take the gamble in the future that I don't have to buy both. But at, at the moment, I'm not going to commit myself to, to one format or the other. And that, that seems to be the, the general consensus. We ran a poll on the forums recently. 36% of over a 1,000 people, 36% of them said they're not going to go with either at the moment. So it seems to be the general consensus, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I was... Um, Point one of that percent, <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think it's all, all very sensible. It's all new stuff, and um, you know, I, I, I used to be an early adopter and um, had my fingers burnt. You know, I've got a reasonable DVD audio collection, and um, you know, it's a shame that that's not making its way to the current crop of players now. I, you know, technically, you can read DVD, you can read. You know, MLP, the Meridian Lossless Packet, it's all there into the formats now, but the players aren't aren't reading it. You know, they're just not joining both the halves together and um, there's a bit of arrogancy and apathy and stuff like that from the manufacturers. And uh, I just want to see them stop fighting each other and concentrate on giving things to the consumer. And some of the things I heard and saw today, yeah, I, I think the HD DVD forum are, are going in that direction just got the microsoft view for that but um kind of don't think that the um that the blu-ray side is is got the consumer first and um, or not as uh, not as much as the high definition dvd forum so you're impressed with what you've seen but you're going to sit on the fence for the time being is that the consensus um i wouldn't say impressed um you know it's given me and shown me exactly what i expected to see um but i i will be sitting on the fence until until such time that um, it, it's clear that I'm not, you know, going to waste make waste money backing a backing a loser. Ian, thanks for taking the time. You're welcome. So I'm here with forum member uh, Bishman. So you've just come out the demonstration with uh, the rest of us here. What did you think, and, and what's your initial thoughts? I was really impressed. It's the first time I've seen HD DVD, um, and on the, the screen, the, the eight foot screen, amazing detail, amazing clarity. I'm going to go and buy one. <laughs> so it's convinced you to go out and spend some hard hard yeah, end. Well, um, I'm actually moving house soon, so there's going to be some upgrades as part of that budget, I think. <laughs> so obviously we had quite a bit of a chat there from um, Amir, telling us all about the history and the politics behind it. What, what were your take on the politics then? Well, obviously we're getting a one-sided view of it, and it'd be interesting to hear the Sony side of it as well. Um, but. You know, I'll go and look at it myself, and if I'm impressed enough, I'll, I'll buy a Blu-ray Blue player as well. It's not, it's not really an issue. The quality is there on both formats. You're likely to go go with both. Is that what yeah, you're saying? Yeah, definitely. So I'm with a forum member, Aitoy Barra. What are your uh, initial thoughts? Well, I was blown away by the quality. It's the first time I've actually seen either um, HD DVD or Blu-ray on a, on a decent display. Um, and it was just amazing. I couldn't fault it at all, apart from maybe some motion judder, but they explained uh, they had good reason for that because they, um, they didn't have their uh, deinterlacer. But no, no, the, the, the quality is amazing. Um, uh, it's going to be an interesting fight between two formats, and it's, 
it's also interesting to find about the, the politics behind uh, Microsoft's decision to go with uh, HCDVD. Um, and yeah, I look forward to, to, to getting my hands on. So, have you actually seen Blu-ray as well, or uh, only in in sort of places like Tottenham Court Road, but uh, with really poorly set up displays and and um, no no real uh, interesting films or anything to, to, to judge it by. So, um, I haven't seen really any HD content until today uh, that really impressed me. So, today was better than than, than I've seen in the cinema. So. Thanks for taking the time to talk to us. And it's a good evening to forum member and moderator Wellen Nick. So what did you think of tonight's demonstrations? I think a lot of people really don't appreciate what uh, what high-definition video can, can really do for them. They go into a shop and, and then think perhaps it's a little bit better, but if, they, if it's done properly, then there's, uh, there's, a lot to be, uh, there's a lot to be gained from it. The, the, the seminar that we've had here, we've had um, uh, a very indulgent time with, with a group of enthusiasts and with, um, with Amir and Kevin, the thing that really struck me was that they are tremendous enthusiasts as well and the sort of things that they want to do and they enjoy and the, and the things that motivate them seem to be the same things that, uh, that encourage us. So although they have a, a, lot of, um, a lot of technical and commercial background and they have their particular message to, to, to bring to the people that come to the, um, to the, to the seminar, um, the, the, they seem to have the, the, right, uh, the right sort of motivations um, you know, I think all of us have enjoyed it um, but very much. We're going to have a, a, big, uh, a big, big chat and discussion about it afterwards. Um, and it's, it's, not, it's, it's very good to be able to, to meet a lot of the other forum members. Um, and doing it face-to-face, but it's, it's very good putting faces to names, especially with, uh, with the sort of anonymity that you have in the forums, which is a bit, uh, uh, a bit unfortunate. Um, but we've met people from all over the country. Um, but afterwards, I'm looking forward to being able to talk to them in, in, in real time and just have a normal conversation, and uh, that, that should be very enjoyable as well, I'm sure. So has anything that, that's been said today maybe changed your mind in any way or, or made some decisions for you? A lot of the things that I'd like to talk about um, relate to the, um, to the, to the, the format battle, and you know, I, I don't think anyone's opinions are going to get, um, are going to get resolved uh, from, from what we've seen and heard today. There's been quite a bit of discussion about um, some, some of the additional user experiences, such as, um, uh, such as interactive menus and other, uh, other, other real-time features. Um, I suspect that many of the other people that have attended today, like me, are probably more interested in just getting um, better films um, rather, than, rather than some of the clever uh, features. So I think people might be a bit uh, a bit sceptical about those, but the, but the things that we want to see, you know, we, we've seen in spades. Is there anything which which you can take away from today, which is um, maybe something you didn't know before you came here? Oh, I'm I'm not I'm not sure that there's there's a there's a great deal of um, novelty, but it, it's um, it's interesting hearing that the people that have been involved in the in the development of the of the new systems and technologies and software and material and so on. Um, Giving their account of uh, of how it all developed, um, um, it seems like things happen quite uh, quite quickly, um, and for some uh, and for some surprising reasons. Um, so just to have a bit of um, a, a bit of background has been quite uh, quite revealing. So I managed to catch up with forum member Lydis. Uh, you've been in the demonstration there. Anything which has really caught your eye tonight? Um, probably just seeing, you know, 1080p HD DVDs and a 1080p projector for the first time. Because I've got, um, uh, I guess, <laughs> on the AV forums, I guess I could uh, call myself like the, the Sony Bravia cheerleader. <laughs> but, you know, just seeing the whole thing here tonight was amazing. And what about the, the two presenters, Amir and, and Kevin, tonight? What did you think of their input? Great job. Yeah, I mean, Amir especially, just the... The, 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 the kind of politics he had to tell about it was just, it was really interesting to hear. 
And did you learn anything new? Um, I'm sure I did. I must have. Uh, I didn't realize, uh, you know, what uh, how the VC1 codec got developed. Like um, uh, starting out so small and like almost getting rejected like that. There's a lot of people in the web. I think there is a certain kind of fanboy element to it, and you get some people, you know, it's like rabid HD DVD supporters saying Blu-ray is complete crap. But um, my my, what I came away thinking about Blu-ray is it's, it's not complete. It's not complete rubbish. It's you get a an acceptable um, high definition picture, but. Um, all every single one of the HD DVDs I've seen has been better than uh, the the Blu-ray demo I saw. I think that's down to what Amir was talking about tonight. You know, um, uh, HD DVDs use of the VC1 codec because uh, what I saw in Blu-ray it was um, overall good, but you know you, you kind of had to stop and think, wow, yeah, there's extra detail in there. Whereas with you know, the VC1 HD DVD titles, it hits you in the face. And one thing which Kevin was certainly getting over to us tonight was the actual uh, usability and, and, and the extra features within HD DVD. And I didn't quite realise, you know, how in-depth that goes. Yeah, well, I mean, it's uh, obviously wasn't a reason um, why, why I bought the format, but I mean, it's, it's a nice thing to have, and the bookmarks especially, I learned to appreciate. So I'm with Nick Rhodes, a bit of a star on the forums. You're here this evening, you've been through the, the demonstration there. What did you think? Ah, it's great fun. Um, so a lot of things that uh, I haven't seen before and very interesting stories on the history of HD, DVD, um, many things I hadn't known about previously. And the, and the two guys presenting real enthusiasts, weren't they, and, and fascinating stuff that we're coming out with. Yeah, they're just uh, like any other member of the forum, really. They're, they've come at this from the hobby and now making it their business, but uh, uh, they go home and watch the same films that we do on the same discs, so... So um, what have you taken out of today then? What, what's new that you've learnt? Um, the, the, the capabilities of the HDD DVD system are, uh, I think, are, are a lot deeper than many people actually realise. I think many of us use it like we use DVD and we hit play and we watch the film from beginning to end and we don't look at all the extras and all the things that it now can do. Um, which are quite dramatically different from our conventional DVDs. And uh, I, I won't keep you much longer, Nick, because the pub is calling at this time of the night, and I'm dying to go over there as well. But just for you, from your own point of view, the demonstration room here, we've definitely seen it in the in the best circumstances, haven't we? Yeah, the uh, demo rooms down at PJ are second to none in the country. Um, I always use it as the, the ultimate example of a demo room in the country, and it's what I aim my room to uh, to be like. Uh, unfortunately, it will never be quite as good as uh, Elliot's room down here, but um, if anyone wants to see the best of the best, this is the place to see it. Nick, thank you very much for taking the time, and a Merry Christmas to you. And to you, sir. So, Elliot, it's been a, a long day today, um, but it's been very interesting, hasn't it? Absolutely. It's been a really cracking event. We've had a lot of good people through. Everyone's been very impressed with the format and what it can offer, um, and I think very impressed with what, what our room can do here. So what did you take from, from the, the chats today? It was very informative stuff. Yeah, it was surprising how much detail Microsoft were keen to go into about the history of the formats and the competition with Blu-ray and what's likely to happen in the future. I think their choice, Toshiba's, of the VC1 codec is very, very sensible and, uh, yeah, it's going to drive forward in a big way, I think. It's always difficult, um, yourself being a dealer, um, ourselves covering it from a, a press point of view. Um, it's very difficult to get through the 
the PR jungle, as it were, and and you know who's telling the truth, who's doing what, and and so on. Uh, but these guys today, t- completely genuine and uh, real enthusiasts, weren't they? Mm, absolutely. I don't think Microsoft got anything to hide. Um, all they're doing is promoting a codec format in in VC1, um, which we know Blu-ray is also capable of. So. They had nothing to hide here and were very, very honest with all their comments. Elliot, it's been fascinating speaking to you. It's been fascinating here today. Thanks for the invite. And hopefully we can do something similar. Maybe event three? Yeah, me and Gordon are talking about it. Next year, I think, is a certain possibility. There's some interesting stuff to show. So see you again, Phil. The AV Podcast would like to thank Elliot Hicks, Amir and Kevin from Microsoft and the forum members who turned out in person to see the event. And that's all we got time for from Guildford. Made by enthusiasts. For enthusiasts. Wow, a free movie, thanks. This is the AV Podcast. If you'd like to leave us your feedback or suggest a subject we can cover in our future episodes, please leave us a post in the podcast forum over at avforums.com. Or get interactive with us and leave a voice message. Just dial 0208 123 95 87. If you prefer to write, you can always send an email to podcast at avforums.com. Manufacturers and distributors should send your latest news to feature in our podcast. Just email your press information to news at avforums.com. Ladies and gentlemen, due to circumstances beyond our control, we are unable to continue the broadcast. Evidently, there's some difficulty with our field transmission. However, we will return to that point at the earliest opportunity. Hello, everybody. My name's Stuart Wright. I own the AV Forums, and I uh, organize the AV Podcast. Just wanted to take this opportunity to send a couple of messages out. First one, really, is to the guys who help produce the AV Podcast. Just wanted to say uh, we launched the AV Podcast back in March 2006 this year. And for something which is developed, matured pretty quickly, I'm totally thrilled with how, how good it's sounding these days. And that's basically down to the professionalism of the team. Uh, I want to thank the reviewers, Kaz, Chris, Simon, Ian, who joined us relatively recently doing the games, and Seth, all who contribute and give up a lot of their time and uh, do a fantastic job, both reviewing and also talking about uh, their experiences on the podcast. I also want to thank Jason, who does a great job of presenting. And special thanks have to go out to Phil, who not only helps present the podcast, but also glues it all together at the end, which is quite a difficult job, considering the amounts of ums and ers which he uh, so kindly removes and helps us guys sound coherent. So Phil, who gives up so much of his spare time, probably all of it, uh, thank you very much, mate. It's very much appreciated. And thanks also to the people who visit and are members of the AV forums. You guys basically make the site what it is. And to those people who download the podcast, thank you also. Hopefully we produce something which is both entertaining and informative. And it just remains for me to say very Merry Christmas to all of you folks out there and happy and prosperous New Year. And that wraps up the Christmas 2006 AV podcast. This is Jason Bradbury saying thanks for listening. Stay subscribed and tell your friends. The AV podcast was presented by Jason Bradbury and Phil Hinton. Original music by Andrew Bassett and Richard Cosgrove. 
The AV podcast was mixed and produced by Phil Hinton, and the senior producer was Stuart Wright. All content, including sound clips and music, is copyright material and featured for promotional use only. The AV podcast is copyright M2M Limited.